back something small Take what you need and we disappear Without a trace we'll be gone, gone Moon and a star Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories. And that intro can only mean one thing. The CEO of Chateau Relaxo is back. This week, she's talking about spring break, Savannah, and the coronavirus. Thanks for listening. Hello. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. If you are coming over from the Travel Commons podcast, welcome as well. Today we are recording in the beautiful Chateau Relaxo home office because there is absolutely nobody on the road right now anywhere. Three topics today, spring break, Savannah, and once again, the coronavirus. And today we have a special guest. We're lucky to have this CEO of Chateau Relaxo. Everybody likes it when she's here. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. This is day, what, nine or ten with me home? Thereabouts. <laughs> and it's getting sketchy? It's getting there. <laughs> Little hairy. Little hairy. Most of the country is going through spring break. We had some pretty decent spring break plans, right? Right. R- original plans were what? Uh, start out in Savannah with a cooking class and then head up to Greensville, South Carolina to do a brewery tour and then head down to Demarest and visit your parents. Stop in Alpharetta and possibly have lunch or dinner with a friend and then head back to Central Florida. And that was the original plans. And then for the first time in 30 years in my career, I actually had to change those plans due to work, which again, first time in 30 years. And so we ended up just shortening the trip down to Savannah. So we were going to leave out of here on a Friday night and spend Friday night, I think in New Brunswick or Brunswick, Georgia. And then kind of pulled the plug on that last minute. That was right when the coronavirus was kind of kicking up and decided we'll just get up and drive the short four hours into Savannah on Saturday morning, hang out in Savannah, and then do our cooking class. So what were the plans in Savannah? Initially, I think that we were going to, we've traveled to Savannah numerous times and we've taken the orange bus tour, the green bus tour, any tour possible. So I think initially going up, I thought we would do some diners, drive-ins and dives, restaurants heading up the coast of Savannah between Brunswick and Savannah, and then end up in the mansion at Forsyth about three or four o'clock to do the cooking class, which started at six o'clock. And those plans kind of got scrapped. So we drove up that morning and ended up we probably got into to Mansion, which is which is a great old. It's one of the Marriott autograph properties. I think they've got about a half a dozen autographs. There's one here in Orlando, one in Asheville, one in Tallahassee. Tallahassee. They just opened one up on Bay Street in Savannah. But again, this is a converted old mansion. It's got a great restaurant attached to it. Very eclectic. The artwork is is out of control. The mansion at Forsyth is actually 700 uh, Drayton Street, I think it's called. And that's the original mansion, which is across the street from Forsyth Park in Savannah. 
And then um, the Marriott purchased the property some years ago and knocked down the block, but they left the actual mansion there. And that's now the, the restaurant to the hotel. Right. And like I said, we got married there out poolside 10 years ago. And we got an upgraded room again, and I have yet to figure out what's the, the only thing I can figure out that's upgraded in the room is it's got an actual bay window because everything else is the same in all the other rooms. I have I have no idea. I meant to I meant to ask them what the upgrade included, but I think we rolled in there right around three o'clock. Started out with um, I went with a pecan infused Knob Creek that was homemade. Now it's made specifically for. Mansion. The mansion. It was okay. It was, I, you know, it would not be something that I would seek out to have again, but it was good. I think you started with what? Just. I just did Woodford Reserve neat, over ice. Over ice. And so the nice thing about Savannah and possibly the bad thing about Savannah is that you can walk around with an open container. So our cooking class wasn't until six or so. So we decided to head out across the squares and do some, some exploring. Now, they had canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade. Uh, Correct. We headed east out of there towards the river. Various groups of people walking around in their St. <laughs> Patrick's Day graffiti. Um, we walked through a couple squares, which each square has a different feature. And one of them actually had a fountain that they had turned green. And they had actually converted. They'd already done the Forsyth Fountain. Is always that's the one that you see in the pictures. Is already had green water yes. in it. Yes. Um, and this was three days before St. Patrick's Day. A lot them. of people were out participating in the nice spring weather, and they had hammocks strung between the old trees hanging on, and they were having picnics in the parks. And but when we got down towards Bay Street, Bay Street, it started getting very crowded with families and spring break and St. Patrick's Day themes and restaurants and bars and decorations. Oh, that's one of the co-workers uh, making noise. And, and we didn't we didn't do a lot. I think we walked for a few hours, went along Bay Street a little bit, came back down through the squares, didn't even eat. I don't think typically. No. We eat. Um, we ate going in. We stopped at the right. good old fashioned Bojangles. <laughs> yes. The quality Savannah Bojangles. <laughs> there was two people in the restaurant and three workers. So we were we were definitely outnumbered. And then we got back into the hotel, changed, and then went over to the restaurant for the cooking class with Chef Jason. Chef Jason, and uh, there was what supposed to be sixteen of us. Yes, the class goes from. One to 16. And so the last time I checked, there was 13 paid for seats. And so there was three seats still available. And when we got there at six o'clock, there was still three seats, seats available. available. So most everybody showed up and it was set up kind of like one of the food TV network shows, big, big island. Everybody participated. I and my new best friend, Tammy, we went out to get drinks <laughs> as soon as they started. As soon as we realized we were going to have to be chopping vegetables, uh, we went back over to the bar and brought back a couple of drinks. But they had plenty of wine. And actually, the wine, a couple of years, the last time we went, what was the last time we went? Two years ago? We did a photo tour. Uh, it may have been two years ago. But remember, we left with a bottle of wine. So we, had, we got to our room, and there was a bottle of wine on the, on the, uh, on the table. 
and we just assumed it was for us. We didn't drink it, but the next morning when the bill came, the only thing on the bill was the thirty-eight dollar oh. bottle of wine. So, we're, well, they charged us for us. Let's take it. And lo and behold, this this time when we checked out the same $38 bottle of wine, but then right below it, the charges were reversed. So if we had looked at the original bill two years ago, we probably would have found that that had been the charge had been reversed. And then I think the entrepreneur busted open that bottle of wine just in the last five or six months when we left him alone for the weekend. It it's, was, a, it's a nice uh, Cabernet Sauvignon Kessler brand, which is the theme within the hotel, the Kessler Collection. And um, they have a huge art collection within the hotel from European artists. Yeah, and they say they say that they uh, they actually sell a fair amount. I think you said they run about a hundred thousand dollars worth of art out of the properties, which is not a bad side business uh, when you can sell the furnishings off the wall. So back to the cooking school. The menu was. This class I picked was Low Country Staples, and it started, like Steve said, with a wine, red wine, white wine, or you could get beer. And yeah, he did had, had some sweet had water. He had a little in-house cooler. So let's go back to the building, the 700 Drayton Hotel Restaurant. When you walk in, you walk into the main floor of the original mansion. You have to go, this main floor is where you sit and eat. To go up to the special dining rooms and a bar, you go up, you know, the staircase, which was the grand foyer back in the 1920s, 1930s. But when we went upstairs into the restaurant, we actually had to go back down the back stairs where like the servants quarters would have been. And there was the wine cellar down there. And that was where the cooking school was, which was probably the original kitchen in the house. That's my guess. And I think probably because of the historic nature of the building, they couldn't punch a door through there because we literally went up a set of stairs across the floor, and then back down the stairs, back to the same level we were. And um, we went down probably between 20 and 30 stairs to get back down into the basement of the building. And it was pretty neat. It was, you know, the original brick. Of course, they had painted it and to make it look modern. And like Steve said, the room that we were in, the cooking school was very modern with the granite countertops and these state-of-the-art. Yeah, I think they had Vulcan dual six or eight burner Vulcan Stoves, they had, I don't know, four or five convection ovens. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty well equipped uh, with everything that you could possibly need. So what was the menu? You said low country. So low country staples. So they started with Savannah red beans and rice, shrimp and grits, uh, southern style green beans. No, we swapped it out for collards. Correct. Yeah. Succotash, low country stewed chicken. And then we finished it off with a berry crumble with wildflower honey. I think in the original menu when I booked the class, it was supposed to be like peach cobbler, but peaches were not in season. So the the berry crumble was blueberries, strawberries, and raspberries. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. That was the diabetes diabetes plate. The uh, actually the red rice was good. We had had red rice three or four nights before. I think while I was on the road, you had cooked it. And I didn't realize, I mean, I understand that Savannah's the low country. I mean, you can definitely see the marshes coming in. But I didn't realize how much rice was produced out of that Savannah region, just for whatever reason. As many times as we've been there and, and up and down that 
I-95, that corridor, I didn't realize that they actually harvested rice, but they do. So the shrimp and grits, um, and, and Chef Justin didn't measure anything. Jason, Chef Jason, didn't measure anything. It was all by sight and a lot of cornstarch. <laughs> he used cornstarch for everything. And uh, when they busted out the grits, all I could think, remember was my cousin Vinny and uh, and the uh, no self-respect in Southern man uses instant grits. And, and we stirred grits for. I probably uh, say, I, you know, there was four of us that rotated stirring the grits for about uh, 45 minutes. Yeah, it was. It, they were definitely not instant, instant grits. No. Nope. And we did it. We did a ton of onions. He actually did some knife skills, uh-huh. some chopping skills. Nobody cut themselves. Showed us how to cut a pepper without getting the seeds in, and that was pretty interesting. And then, of course, the cutting of the onions with the rounded fingers so you don't cut your fingers. Mm-hmm. And then we did have the helper in the class, the one guy that was the <laughs> Jeff asking, are we going to use this? Or So you could tell he had some sort of a cooking background. And uh, meanwhile, I was over there just finishing off the sweet waters like they were. Well, I think the question came up when we went to make the collard greens was I typically put red pepper flakes in. And he used Frank's hot sauce or something like that. So he got the vinegar and then he also got the little spice. What was the rice that he used? I can't remember. That was a specific, it was a regional rice. So it wasn't Uncle Ben's or, you know, what we buy at the. Publix, it was something very regional to that area. And I think that's what led into the discussion about the low country and all the marshes. And of course, the shrimp were frozen this time of year, but they do. One of the things that you can get fresh in Savannah when it's in season is shrimp and you can get it by the bucket full. And we ended up doing sauteed shrimp mm-hmm. with a brown gravy. Uh, which, and I love any, I love anything that you get to make with a roux. I don't know what what it is, but I I love starting out with a roux. So we had really nice, thick uh, gravy for the shrimp. Grits were perfect. Collard greens were, I'd put the collard greens on par with what you make. They were okay. So your brown gravy was considered a roasted tomato sauce. Correct. It was, it was not the traditional, a lot of times, and we, we tend to get shrimp and grits quite a bit. And usually you see more of a white gravy. Uh, like when we're in Chattanooga, I think we've seen more white gravy than the dark gravies. And the, the last time I had it here in um, Central Florida, it was a Cajun sauce. Was it more on the spicy side? Yes. So in yeah. succotash, I haven't had since it, my grandparents. I don't know, early seventies, mid seventies. They were that was good. And then the berry crumple basically consisted of. A stick or two of butter. I mean, Paula Dean was probably just smiling from ear to ear when the chef dumped in those two sticks of butter. A couple buckets of berries, got those good and soft, and then he dumped in a pound bag of uh, brown sugar. And that basically became this very thick syrup. And then what was that? I didn't, I didn't participate in the crumble part on top. What was that? Just uh, It was, it was um, flour. Crumble topping is all-purpose flour, brown sugar, cinnamon, melted butter, nuts of your preference. Could be pecans, almonds. Mm-hmm. And then the filling of the cobbler was butter, fresh berries, brown sugar, vanilla extract, and cornstarch. All right, more cornstarch, yeah. Uh, Chef was all about cornstarch. And I learned what I learned is that he mixes cornstarch with his fingers. 
I've always been very precise. I get my little hot, warm liquid in my little measuring spoon, put it in there, and he just grabs a handful of it, throws it in an a, uh, aluminum bowl with some water, mixes it with his finger, and he says, you know what? You're going to know within 30 to 45 seconds whether it thickens up and it works or not. Right. That was it. And then we finally got to sit down to eat. The class was three hours, a little less than three hours. It was, it was between two and – yeah, it was three hours. Three hours. And I thought it was a good value. Cooking time was from 6 to 8, and then we sat down and ate at 8 o'clock. And then he, he finished up. I think he sent us recipes the last two Mondays. Right. Uh, so you got the recipes from the class as well as some additional recipes. I think the class was 100 bucks a person. Yes. Not super expensive. Uh, he has um, Italian. He has a variety. And then on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, he has there at the Forsyth Park, I guess during certain times of the year, they have the farmer's market. So he takes you at 10 o'clock across the street to the farmer's market. There's a variety, which I would definitely go back and do. Maybe the Italian, or I might do the Saturday morning farmer's market just for, because I see how the kitchen cooking class is already run. So, And, and, and we stay, we stay there. It's not a bad deal for points. I think the room's right around 60,000 Marriott points. And I think the rack rate that night was 380. Because it was spring it break. It was spring break, and the which we didn't realize when we were booking it was three days before St. Patrick's Day. This is long before the, the coronavirus. The rack rate, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I, I would think it consider. it got up to $400. I don't know if I'd pay 400 bucks for that hotel. I know when we got married, we paid for everybody's room with points. I think we had... 10 or 11 points. There was actually a wedding going on while we were there and the bride, the bride looked all banged up. She, when we were there, she looked like she was just ready to fit to be tied sitting in the lobby, did not look happy at all. And then we finished up cooking school and then walked around Forsyth park, which is a, a neat park. We always end up there at night for some reason. That's where we took that photography class. Um, they've got a couple interactive, I don't know, tubular bells. As you're walking down the walkway, there's a lot of interactive things that you can do. The place is packed during the day with dogs and Frisbees and, and people it's throwing. It's a very large park, and there's a it's, lot of interactive things to do. And typically when they have the St. Patrick's Day, that's where the parade kind of starts out. If you've ever seen pictures of the fountains, especially the white fountains of Savannah, more than likely it is the fountain at Forsyth Park. And which is now SCAD pretty much has taken over that city. I've worked with SCAD on projects off and on for probably 15 or 16 years. And they've done a phenomenal job of revitalizing that city. Yeah. Uh, and they continue to, to, to keep doing it. They tend to keep the buildings in pretty much a historical state and then renovate the insides. And Savannah is one of the few cities that actually has a walk-up McDonald's. Um, <laughs> when we were walking, I noticed from one of the times we took a tour to this time we visited, there was a, um, I think a hospital, I think it was a mental hospital back in like the early 1900s, 1940s, 1950s, and it had been closed down. The reason it was brought to our attention, not because of the hospital, but because of the tree that's in front of the hospital, which is like a hundred years old. And this this hospital has now become SCAD. Another SCAD. And that was not, last time we were there was probably about two years ago. That was not a SCAD building no, two years ago. It was it was condemned, basically. And SCAD has their own city bikes. Where you see city bikes in the city, SCAD has their own pick-up-and-go bikes. 
there, I thought there was quite a bit of people. Now I've got, I've got some friends that actually own a business in Savannah and he had posted pictures of Drayton street as well as Bay street on LinkedIn on St. Patrick's day. And it was desolate because everybody, it was very empty. Everybody had pretty much gone home. So we left there. We got up early Sunday Got up Sunday morning about 9 o'clock, and we were on the road by 10 o'clock. And because I still had a flight, I was going to Jersey on Monday morning. I was supposed to be in Jersey that week. Knew we had to get back. I had to unpack, repack, and and get some kind of semblance of order. And then probably towards the end of the trip, I think once we got on I-4, we got the call that we got pulled off the road. Suddenly, uh, within a matter of moments, my trip was, was shot down. I canceled. Two flights, uh, seven or eight hotel rooms, and a rental car that evening. So the impact, and that's just one person traveling. There are, I would say conservatively, a probably a million business trips per day across the, the, the globe. And that's the impact of just one person canceling one trip. So that's that started by Monday early morning. We had pulled all of our guys off the road. It was everybody. So we turned, we're... I don't know. I'd say our workforce is probably, we probably have 50% out in the field traveling at least 50% of the time. So within a matter of about 48 hours, we took the people that were in our brick and mortar offices, made them remote workers, got uh, teams up and running, uh, extended our VPN. So within 48 hours, we turned a basically a stationary workforce into a mobile workforce. And then you got, you're done till. So the students don't come back till April 15th. I report virtually 8.30 on Thursday, and I find out how I'm supposed to run my meetings and conduct my job with working with parents as of Thursday. So initially it was Zoom, but now they've decided WebEx is the platform that we're going to use, which, again, I'm not very tech savvy, so (laughs) this is quite stressful. And, and, and also just the contention issues with with Zoom and with the internet. You know, everybody's now working remotely, uh, and unfortunately, websites that are used to traffic like YouPorn and Pornhub are not the backbone for these collaborative meeting sites. And so there are definitely some contention issues. Uh, most every ISP is offering some sort of free internet service for those that don't have it since kids are now from Well, school. I know that Zoom is offering, if if you work for the school systems that have been affected by this coronavirus, that they typically have a 40-minute le- meeting time and they have extended it unlimited. I know. And, it, and it's odd. I've got a friend um, that I work with. And, and again, we, we both spend probably on the north side of 200 nights a year on the road. And he was actually being interviewed about being a remote worker. And his takeaway was that it's more odd for him to be home. It seems to be more of an adjustment. It's a lot of adjustment for people that are now suddenly working from home. But for him, it was also an adjustment. He had no problem remote working. We've been doing that for 20 years. But being stuck inside a house, and trying to function and you're going to have conference calls where you're going to hear dogs barking and babies crying. What do you think the long-term effects of Is this going to change, especially in education? Do you think this will change how education functions going forward or? Well, there was a couple of States that were discussing. Um, I know Kansas was one and then um, California. I don't know if they moved further, but Kansas shut the schools down for the rest of the school year. Wow. 
you know, the, the true question is going to be, can students succeed with virtual schooling? And if so, Seminole County Public Schools has a virtual school that the Seminole County students can register at. And then the Florida Department of Education has a Florida virtual school. So parents might find that this benefits them with their work schedule. And if the kids are actually performing academically, that might boom and take off. Yeah, I think I think there are going to be some long-term. I know for me, I do better with uh, instructor-led training, with especially face-to-face. I just sat through about a five-day software class, and it was literally five days, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. that was done really, really well. But I think for me, I've got to have that interaction. For our group, there's probably 15 in our group across the U.S., and we actually did a, a social hour on Zoom last night. About half the people showed up just to see each other face to face. That's, I, you know, we are so all the introverts of the world. This is what they've been waiting for their whole life is to be contained and and uh, not have to interact. But the rest of us that are extroverts that are used to dealing and talking to people like you and I every single day, not to have that face to face. I think that's I think there are going to be some changes. I know in my industry. You know, for years, my my goal, my focus of work was putting ink on a piece of paper, and and that has changed over the last few years. I think it's going to change even more, probably in the next thirty to sixty to ninety days, and how things are done and how things are are accomplished. I'll be curious to see how legally, because my job deals with a lot of legal, legally how the education with the exceptional student education meetings are conducted if we'll go and start using programs like DocuSign and different things like that to where, you know, we can conduct these meetings virtually where we don't need to be face-to-face with the parents anymore on a yearly basis. I mean, even when we bought this house, we did everything for the most part virtually. The only thing that we did in person was literally pick out the, the furnishings, but everything else was done via DocuSign. And we've got we've got two of the residents here at Chateau Relaxo work for major theme parks here in the city. And they've been shut down since, I think, Sunday, March 15th. Example, Disney's probably one of the bigger employers in the whole country. They've got to have an excess of 60,000 employees, probably at just the one park. Times, and, yeah, times and, the number of parks you know, and, then and you, hotels yeah, and, and that Disney Springs with all the stores that they've shut down and sure. the restaurants. So it's it's a big factor. You know, it's it, me being off the road two weeks, in addition to canceling the hotel, seven or eight hotel rooms, there's probably anywhere from eight or nine meals that I'm not going to eat in a restaurant, which affects waiters, hostesses, cooks, chefs, it, it affects the food distributors, and I'm just one person. So I think the long-term effects of this is is still to be seen, you know, and, and hopefully it, it, if everybody seen just felt. felt, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this, a lot of this country does live paycheck to paycheck and this is, a, this is going to be tough. Started out with vacation and spring break and ended up on a, on a bit of a down note. Uh, well, we did learn something new. We learned about tonic water <laughs> and tonic water is made with quinine. Quinine was used back in the early 1900s to treat malaria, part of that drug substance that they're looking at to help with the coronavirus. So the key tip for today's podcast is 
If you drink tonic water with quinine in it, you're potentially building up an immune system to the coronavirus. So here's my rebuttal to your old-timey medicine. <laughs> my grandmother put turpentine on everything right up to the point when little cousin Bobby burst into flames. So no. I, don't, I don't know about your old-timey tonic water. More than likely, whoever was drinking the tonic water was mixing it with Yeah, gin. but we grew up using witch hazel on our face for That's, acne, and um, then look how many kids now use that. Do you remember putting iodine to go out and bake in the sun like a little potato? No, we used um, like no, no, cooking oil. Yeah, cooking oil or Hawaiian Tropic. Yes. Yeah, could you imagine that? They probably don't even sell that nowadays. So back to the quinine. If you buy tonic water, <laughs> you can buy diet tonic water, which is zero calories, whereas... Uh, Regular tonic water is 140 calories. And then Seagram's gin with lime or lemon? Lime. Lime. It's an awesome, refreshing <laughs> drink that helps you fight off the coronavirus. There you go. You got this dialed in. Well, Jackie C., thank you for uh, spending a half hour with us. And if we get to uh, to repackage our spring break or salvage it, so what do we got planned this summer? What are we talking about? We talked about a couple things. We talked about the Derby, but they've moved the Kentucky Derby to November. Um, well, no, we talked about doing the uh, whiskey. Tour. Well, Kentucky tour, right? Right. So, what is that? The mile, the bourbon mile, bourbon, the bourbon tour. We talked about Philly. We talked. To, yeah, I'd like to go to Hershey World. No, well, that's true. So there was a couple different places that, you know, go do the eating tour in Philadelphia. That would be you know, a good the one. restaurant tour. Where they just call it a cheesesteak, not a Philly cheesesteak. Right. And then we got a student who's graduating from college that um, we were trying to put together some type of a tour up into the Martha Vineyards area, her and I. There you go. Road trip and get in the car and go. Well, Thank you for the afternoon or the evening, early evening as we uh, we finish this up. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Safe travels and take care. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.